on today's Locked On NHL. How will Andre Vasilevsky's injury affect the Leafs? Sorry, the Lightning. Connor Bedard makes his preseason debut for the Blackhawks, plus the Flames have a new captain, and we've got a big weekend ahead of preseason NHL action all on today's show. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Locked On NHL for September 29th. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gil, how are we doing this rainy Friday where we are? Yeah, rainy is a good word, but we're doing well. And uh, it's great to have had a, a full week of preseason hockey under our belt. And regular season is, what, less than uh, two weeks away, week and a half away. We're getting close. We're getting real close. Uh, unfortunately for the Tampa Bay Lightning, they will be without their Vezina winning goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, he's expected to miss two months of the season after having back surgery due to a herniated disc. Um, I feel like that's a little generous with the recovery time there uh, for a goaltender, especially. Yeah, it probably is. But, you know, uh, I, I think <clears throat> the Lightning are fortunate in having this being done now and that way Vasilevsky should be a little more rested he's not going to start 60 plus games and hopefully he's healthy and ready for the playoffs the, the the thing is backs are always tricky yeah that's what's real tough it's hard to predict what the recovery is going to look like and Vasilevsky you know as you alluded to has been one of the goaltenders in the NHL that's shouldered you know a huge part of the burden for the lightning um, you know, most teams have gone to more of a 1A, 1B kind of model. But with with the Lightning, Vasilevsky's the man, you know, and and the other backup goaltenders tend to not get a lot of time out there. So uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how the Lightning handle this. Yeah, and it, it's not like their backup goalie is considered, you know, top notch at this point. You're talking about, you know, uh, Jonas Johansson, who is, what, 28 years old, doesn't have a lot of NHL experience. He's played 35 games over four seasons and has a career save percentage of 887. Uh, to say he's untested may be uh, an understatement. Yeah, and then there are other goaltender, at least from what we know now, is going to be Matt Tompkins, who's played mostly in Sweden. So I think that you know, it. I think it'll be real fascinating to see if they stick with this duo, or maybe they try and pick up a, a different goaltender that has to go through waivers when teams are getting their rosters set, like right before the season starts. Sometimes, you know, guys have to go through waivers to get sent down to their AHL affiliates. Do the Lightning pick up a, an additional netminder here? They could, or they could look for a trade route if that's something also that they want to consider doing. And I, I think 
you know, how big a move they make may be an indication of how long, you know, he really may be out. Yeah. I mean, can I interest the lightning and a gently used Cal Peterson? Because uh, <laughs> I think no Flyers. No, not Carter Hart. <laughs> We're keeping him for now. But uh, yeah, Flyers have a few extra goaltenders. So just saying, just saying. Anyway, yeah, I think it is going to be interesting to see how the Lightning get off, you know, in terms of their the start to their season um, and how they handle this. And, um, you know, it, it could put them in a more precarious position in terms of, you know, getting back on the horse as they usually do to make a, a playoff run at the end of the season. So we will definitely be keeping an eye on that. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Connor Bedard made his home uh, preseason debut for the Blackhawks. Uh, he had two assists in that game, five shots on goal and uh, just under 22 minutes of ice time. So uh, a lot of, of ice time. And he was put on a line with Taylor Hall and Ryan Donato. And um, I think that's something that they've been sort of looking towards since he was drafted they're like oh we're gonna put him with taylor hall partner him with a vet like a solid vet like that to make sure he has the support he needs right yeah and and you know it, it also will probably help build his confidence playing with some proven veterans who can help finish some of the uh passes he makes look he played 21 minutes and 20 seconds in the game five shots on goal here is a guy who you know, he seems very ready for the NHL and he made some moves that just absolutely dazzled the crowd. So, you know, Bedard may not shave much yet, but he certainly knows how to play hockey. Yeah, I think he did have a good start there. And it's interesting after the game, you know, he talked about having less time than he's used to, <laughs> but it did not seem like that watching him play. Like it just felt like he is the Connor Bedard as advertised, right? Yeah. I mean, it's early. I'm sure there'll be some games where you're like, that's Connor Bedard. Is that all there is? But I think there'll be a lot more exclamation point kind of a games from Connor Bedard, the way he's looking at this early stage. And, you know, everything I've seen from him tells me the hype is legitimate. Yeah. Again, you do want to sort of, pump the brakes a little bit because yes. it's the preseason it's early like let's see what he looks like after 20 regular season games right Absolutely. then we can start talking about how how he looks but it's still like a very exciting thing for the Chicago fan base and um I know they're really excited about it it must be wild to like not have played a regular season NHL game yet and just like hundreds of people around the arena are wearing your jersey <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, there's so much uh excitement surrounding Connor Bedard the the next generational talent supposedly of the National Hockey League and you know when these players come along it's great to watch their development from you know, raw rookie who is just learning the ropes to star to superstar to generational talent if it gets that far. But, uh, you know, these players come along, what, what, let's let's be conservative and say once every 15 years or so. So when you get someone like that, it's really worth checking out. And I'll probably be watching more Blackhawks games than I would have otherwise now that Bedard is with the team. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, 
it's a, a real exciting time for the Blackhawks fans and and um, for the NHL to have yet another generational talent. I think especially as you see, you know, of course we have Connor McDavid. Like yeah. I feel like sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle because we're kind of talking about the sunset of Alex Ovechkin's career and Sidney Crosby probably a little bit behind that. But then to have to like, kind of leapfrog to Connor Bedard. We we do not want to forget that um, Connor McDavid is still out there. Yeah, I'm but also still. not going to sit there and say poor Connor, but yeah. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> poor Connor McDavid. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But uh, yeah, it is exciting to have another superstar in the league to keep an eye on. Um. Just a, another quick bit of news before we turn our attention to Calgary in the next segment. But uh, Washington defenseman Joel Edmondson had to have hand surgery, so he's going to be out four to six weeks. And you know the the Capitals' blue line. I think just that team in general is kind of uh, walking a fine line here uh, this season and, and expectations are, are not entirely great. So to lose a guy like that, I think, you know, especially after they just got him in a trade over the summer, uh, it's gotta be a little disappointing for him and for the team. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be someone who would help solidify that blue line and now you'll lose him for a, a period of time. Hopefully it's, you know, not going to be beyond the four to six weeks, but, uh, you know, again, can't play with a fractured hand. There's no way around that. And he suffers the injury in the scrimmage. Hopefully he is back in a relatively timely fashion and he'll be able to help the Capitals blue line. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we do have a lot to talk about with the Calgary Flames and we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? Well, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You get exactly what you ordered or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? Well, you could save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and the best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. It's a limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use code LOCKED. So the Calgary Flames have had a bit of a week. Uh, they not only named a new captain in Michael Backlund, but they gave him a two-year contract extension, $4.5 million on that cap hit. And I think it's a, a real interesting contract for him because he just had a phenomenal season. Um, and just to extend two years here at that cap hit, that feels like a really big compromise between management 
and the player to maybe get some more uh, money for Backland, but then the Flames wanted a shorter term because they know like the um, you know diminishing returns further than that, right? Yeah, and you know it is uh, an interesting compromise. I mean, Backlund is thirty four, so mm-hmm. you know you go beyond two years, you you do expect the the diminishing returns from the investment. Um, I, look, hopefully this is a win win where Backlund gets a little bit more money than than he otherwise would have gotten. But then you know what what is he going to get? in two years if he keeps this level of play up maybe he gets another two-year deal at, at favorable terms if he does start to fall off well then we're probably looking at less money but right now he doesn't have to worry about that for another year and a half or so and right. uh, the flames have locked up their captain yeah and he's had an a for the last six years so um you know continuing our uh weekly captains discussion it seems like we're having it is that time of year so it's totally understandable but it it um, is and i I love the quote by craig conroy uh backland is our captain he has been our captain for some time It, it just yeah even if he didn't have the c on his sweater he's been a leader on this team and now it's just official Right. And, you know, he did have 56 points in in 82 games last season. So he's a leader on and off the ice for that team. Um, The Flames had gone quite a while without an official captain. So felt like the right time, I guess. And um, I think it's interesting because the situation players are much different, obviously, but it's, it's similar to Brad Marchand being named captain of the Bruins and that you have an older guy may not be around, you know, quite as long as maybe some other teams who name captains that are the team captain for, you know, eight to 10 years or something like that. But this is kind of a reward for a strong career and, you know, loyalty to a franchise, right? Yeah, he's paid his dues. He And, and you know, I, I guess there is a point where you give the guy the C because he's earned it. Mm-hmm. Even if he didn't have the C, He's really the de facto captain anyway. And so it just it, it just makes sense to give him the letter. And even if he's not going to have it for more than two, three years, whatever it's going to be, you know, he he is the captain. Even if you don't give him the C, it makes more sense to give it to him and let let the locker room officially go through the guy who it's really going through anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, now we, we've got like five new captains named uh, this offseason so far, and we still have five teams left without captains uh, in Anaheim, Arizona, uh, my Flyers, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Seattle Kraken. Um, I wonder if the Kraken will name one. I feel like they're the next team to do so, right? Next up, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, But in the meantime, the Flames, um, you know, now that they've locked up Backland, still have eight players on their team that will be UFAs at the end of this upcoming season. And so I think like getting Backland off that list, it was a really good move for them. But they still have Hannafin, um, Kylington, Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, who's I don't know if he's sticking around after yeah, this yeah. upcoming year, but, um, and Nikita Zadaroff, but 
I think that this is going to be a real like turning point year for the Flames, right? They have to decide who they are at this point. Yeah. And, you know, if they play well this year and they keep some of these players, they're going in one direction. And if, if they don't have a good year, they may break up this team and, and they may yeah. start a rebuild or a retool, depending on how they're going about it and go in a completely different direction. Yeah, well, hopefully Chuck Fletcher isn't part of that flames <laughs> and discussion calling it a a retool. But yeah, I think that this is a real critical year for the flames and, and the competition is only getting tougher in the division. And I feel like, you know, they're just kind of being left behind a little bit here. And, you know, will they be able to secure there's some of their own UFAs, like I just talked about. Will they be a destination that they can get quality UFAs off the you know open market? And what is their trade deadline going to look like? Are they going to be buyers or sellers at that point? Because um, it could go either way. Yeah, they, they are very much at a crossroads. And how the first three or four months of this season go will go a long way to determining the direction of this franchise, maybe for the next five years. And they're going to have to start this season without Jacob Peltier, who's um, having shoulder surgery. He's out indefinitely. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it's really unfortunate, especially when you have an injury in a preseason game like this, where nobody wants to get hurt, but that you have guys uh, who are, wanting to make rosters and people playing extra physical in a lot of ways to get noticed. And I think that, you know, this was an unfortunate consequence of that. Yeah. And it happens all the time in, in the national hockey league. And it used to be a lot worse. I mean, you go back yeah. 30 years, 25 years, there were huge brawls in a lot of uh, preseason games because people were trying to make their mark and show what they could do in that aspect of the game. So, yeah, unfortunately, when you have that kind of pressure to try to make the team and make an impression on the coaching staff, you're going to get these kind of incidents and injuries. And, and you never want to see that, especially in a game that doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah. Really hate to see that for the Flames and Peltier. So, again, uh, interesting times in Calgary. And uh, while we are talking about Calgary, just want to send our prayers and good thoughts to Kelsey Snow. Uh, obviously, you know, we all know Chris Snow, who had been uh, dealing with ALS uh, recently, you know, suffered a medical incident where he is on life support as of recording, and um, they were preparing for organ donations, which is just one of the most generous things a, a person can do. And so we just want to, you know, add our our love and and prayers to the to the pile for their friends and family. Yeah, difficult time and and very generous thing to do with the organ donation. It it it's selfless and it really can help people in ways that you couldn't even imagine. So uh yeah, difficult time, very difficult. Absolutely. Time. All right. Well, there's a full slate of preseason action going on around the NHL this weekend. We're going to talk about what it all means coming up next. Gil, this is always a really fun time for me in the preseason because this is a time where teams are really starting to 
make their rosters take shape and they're changing their strategy a little bit. Whereas the first week of the preseason, it's like, let's see what our prospects can do. Let's throw different guys out there. And then we're also going to just try and allow our veterans to warm up a little bit, get them in a game or so in that first week. But then things kind of switch gears heading into the second week where um, AHL training camps start uh, this weekend, um, most of them on Sunday, I believe. And so, you know, guys are going to get sent down and they're going to switch how they handle training camps in terms of practice groups or more. You know, there's an NHL group and there's an AHL group. And then it's sort of setting up those final roster spot competitions. Right. So this is a very critical time in the preseason. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to the regular season and the the rosters are being reduced. Guys are getting sent back to junior. Guys are getting uh, designated to the AHL camps. And, you know, you start to separate the guys who are going to be there this year with the guys who you hope will develop into something a year or two down the road, or maybe when injuries hit later this season. Right. And I think that's part of what teams are trying to figure out now. Like who's, who's going to be their first call up, right? Who's going to like, what's the pecking order there? And like, what do we need to do to develop those guys to prepare them? And so it's putting them in NHL like game conditions in order to figure out, you know, what they need to work on this season to get them there. And so this weekend, I feel like is that big sort of switch point in the preseason. So we have a ton of games on the schedule in order to do that. Um, of course, we have the second half of Craft Hockeyville in Canada on Sunday, and that's the Florida Panthers versus the Ottawa Senators in Sydney and Cape Breton Island. And um, this is actually interesting because they didn't have it last year. So this is actually the 2022 winner. <laughs> um, they already played the tw- the 2023 uh, Craft Hockeyville game um, in Ontario between the Sabres and the Leafs. But um, I always love these because it's like towns that would normally get uh, NHL games, you know, at least get a preseason game. They get some money to refurbish their rink, which is always important. Huge. But yeah, and I just I love I just love the atmosphere around these games. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, anytime you can get major league hockey into small towns that really love the sport and help rebuild the the ranks and the infrastructure of the local, uh, you know, kids facilities, it's heartwarming and it grows the game. So I've always really loved it. And, And it's also great to see that, you know, some of the events, the Stanley Cup is going to be there. They're going to have two PWHL uh, players signing autographs. So they're really having a great family, friendly, great kind of event that celebrates the game on many different levels. And I, I just love this. I really do. Yeah, it is one of my favorite things in the NHL preseason. Um, more neutral site games, NHL. Yeah. The more, the better. You know, there's also, you you talked about winnowing down the rosters and figuring out who the first call-up is going to be. There's also that balancing act because somebody has to be your 13th forward and your 7th defenseman. And if it's a young guy, you know, are these players better off going down to the AHL and playing every day? Or 
getting that NHL salary, but being a black ace and sitting on the bench most of the time and not seeing a lot of action, you know, they may be the better player to keep on your roster, but it may hamper their development. So there are decisions that have to be made. Yeah. You don't want a young guy who needs to develop sitting in your press box. No, that is absolutely true. And so I think that yeah, it's really important how you make those decisions. And do you have, you know, a veteran who's a, a really just like a, a combo, you know, AHL, NHL player as the guy sitting in the press box while you have one of your young guys checking into the lineup. But sometimes you don't want to give them fourth line minutes because of the kind of minutes they are. So it's it's a real interesting decision making process that these teams have in order to figure out how to complete their rosters. And, uh, you know, some, some teams it's pretty much set and some teams they have like a ton of battles going on. So um, there'll be a lot of storylines coming up this week for sure. As these cuts get made, um, you know, there'll be a lot of second guessing as well. Uh, as far as some of the other preseason games going on if you want another chance if you miss seeing Connor Bedard um, the Blackhawks will be facing the wild in the preseason on Saturday so I'm sure a lot of extra eyes will be on that one yeah absolutely and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to watch part of that game as well just to check out the new kid in town and and look you say what you want about Bedard he's exciting and it's going to be great to watch yeah, and tonight, uh, if you want to see more of Logan Cooley, uh, they are playing the Vegas Golden Knights. So that should actually be a fun game. We have this uh, Stanley Cup champion uh, team playing a team with a young potential superstar like that happening tonight. Um, Adam Fantilli is going to hopefully be on the ice on Saturday as well. For the Blue Jackets. So I, there's like a lot of opportunities to see some of these kids this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, there is something about preseason hockey that I like just to get a look at some of these prospects. It's one thing to see them go, you know, at the World Juniors against the other best players in their age group. And then it's something else to watch them play against NHL caliber players. So this is sort of a first look at some of these guys. And it's always refreshing and enjoyable. And, gives you something to anticipate. Yeah, I think so as well. So yeah, we will have a lot to talk about next week as we inch closer to the season beginning. And we will be happy to do that then. In the, in the meantime, Gil, you will be back on Monday talking with some of our hosts from around the Locked On NHL network, getting to know more about what's happening with their teams as well. Um, in the meantime, have a great weekend of hockey, everybody.